0: Good evening, evening. we're going to be in Mark 4 once I start preaching, so if you want to get there, sometimes when you don't get a chance to stand up here very often, you search for what am I going to preach, and I think what I'm going to preach tonight, everybody faces in their life. And I'd probably be safe to say everybody's going through it right now. Um, but I was praying. The pastor asked me about a week and a half ago, and I was praying, what do I, what do I preach? And God laid something on my heart, and I said, no, Lord, that's too common. I don't want to preach that. That's too, it's too easy. It feels like a scapegoat way. And last Monday night, my mom had made a roast, and I said, well, I'm not coming home. I got I got to go get my pills that I'm on for my diabetes and blood pressure, get some needles, so I'm just going to run and grab something to eat. And I Called Brandy, said, hey, meet me in town. We'll do this and this. And Came out of the restaurant, wanted to fire up my truck. Didn't have nothing. Okay, so threw the cables on the truck, Truck fired right up. Said, okay, well, I'm going to have to test this battery. Went across the street, got gas. Went to fire the truck up and nothing. I was like, okay, you win, Lord. I'm going to preach what you want me to preach. And I think everybody's went through a storm in their life or is going through a storm right now. Um, But let's read in Mark chapter 4. I think we want to start in verse 35, probably, and read down through 41. And the same day when the evening was come, he saith unto him, "Them, excuse me, let us pass over unto the other side." And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word, Father. Lord, I don't take it lightly, Lord, but I feel what I have to say tonight will help each of us when we're in a storm, Father. And I just pray you would speak through me, Lord. I could say lots of things through my flesh, but I don't want that, Lord. I want the Holy Spirit to have free reign in every word that I say tonight, Father. Lord, I want you to meet with hearts, I want us to leave change tonight, Father. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I looked it up in Galveston, Texas, 1900. Lake Okeechobee. I probably butchered that, huh, Jeff? Being from Florida. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, 2005. Chinara, Caminata Island, Louisiana, 1893, Sea Islands, Georgia, and South Carolina, also 1893, all had hurricanes, which were registered as the five deadliest and caused the most damage storms in American history. And I thought to myself, there will always be storms, not only in the realm of nature, but in our personal lives as well. So I looked at these verses, and I just want to expound a little bit tonight and talk about, so what do you do when these storms come? What do you do when the storms of life come, and they want you to make you quit? What do you do when it, it feels like the only reason you want, you've been wanting to go on isn't there any longer and I think the answers are here in verse 35 it says in the same day when the evening was come he saith unto them let us pass over unto the other side obedience will not keep the storms from coming but obedience will do three things number one obedience will show others who you belong to in the face of the storm. How do you act when the storm comes? When your coworkers know you're going through a storm, how do you act? You know, what we do when we're in the face of a storm will either ruin somebody's life or we can lead somebody to the Lord because of how we act in our storms. The storms will bring blessings into our lives. We went through a storm, and I'm not going to get into a lot of detail, but if you've been here for a while, you know about it. About three months ago, I felt like somebody took my life and turned it upside down. But so many blessings have came from that. So many people I didn't talk to before that have came up to me and talked to us. I've been able to use it at work as a word of testimony that Jesus is still in control, no matter what storm is in your life. Now, the third thing that I thought about when I read that verse, we will obey the master, or the storm will get the better of us. In verse 36, it says, And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. It is better to have Christ in the ship when the storm comes. You see, the storm hadn't hit yet, but they still had Christ in the storm or before the storm. So, my question to you tonight is you might not be going through a storm tonight, but do you have Christ? Are you saved? Do you have a relationship with Christ? You know, I thought about different areas of a ship. And I thought, at Old Caché, we've heard said lots, but does Christ have access to every room in that ship? And if we were the ship tonight, does Christ have access to every area of your life? You see, they let him go down and sleep. He'd been laboring all day. They'd just seen all the miracles that he had done. So he was tired. So he had access to that whole ship. And he was down sleeping. And then I thought about how this says, at the end of this verse, if we read quickly, we miss it, but it says, and there were also with him other little ships. It made me think about before Christ went down to sleep, I, it's not in the Bible, but I can assume they had a little bit of alone time being his disciples before they set sail out, out that night. So I, I would ask you, do you have that alone time with Christ? So when the storm comes, it doesn't catch you off guard, but you're ready for that storm. James chapter 4 and verse 8. And there go my notes. But it's a pretty famous verse or popular verse, however you want to say it. It says, draw nigh unto God, and he shall draw nigh unto you. Have you drawn nigh unto God? Does God know you? Is God near you? Because the verse says, draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. It doesn't say perhaps he'll draw nigh unto you. It promises you. If you draw nigh unto God, he's going to draw nigh unto you. And then back in Psalms 91 and verse 1, it says, And he dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Sorry, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Do you know the secret place of God? It's different for each of us. It may be the prayer closet. It may be alone in your car. But do you have that place that you can go and get alone with God? And back in Mark chapter 4, verse 37. It says, And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. I noticed those words that said there arose. Can I tell you, most storms in your life aren't going to announce themselves before they get there. If it's sickness, it happens a lot of times that you go to the doctor and they do an exam and you find out you got cancer. It doesn't announce it itself and say, hey, I'm going to come visit you in about a week. Be ready. Just like the storm didn't announce itself, but the winds arose. And then it says, a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Matthew seven twenty five says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock. My question tonight, if that storm comes, and when that storm comes, are you founded upon the rock? Is there life founded upon the rock so that wind that accompanies the storm won't blow you over? And then I thought about the crew on this ship. These were his disciples. If we look at Matthew 4, verse 9, through 22 we get an idea of who these crew members were and he saith unto them follow me and I will make you fishers of men and they straightway left their nets and followed him and going on from thence he saw other two brethren James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in a ship with Zebedee their father mending their nets and he called them I want to say to you tonight, this storm happened, and this ship was being tossed to and fro, but it wasn't because of the who the crew members were. In Acts verse 10 and 34, it says... Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Can I tell you tonight that the storm doesn't care who you are? It can hit anybody. I've sat down with preacher and I've cried with pastor. And I'll tell you what, I respect our preacher so incredibly much. But there's been so many storms that have been in his life. And I've sat down and I've cried with him over some storms. But there's also been, when I was doing the van route, there was van kids, we'd go out. And I've sat down with van kids and I've cried with them because daddy couldn't stay out of jail. I've prayed with them because they didn't know where mom was and grandma was taking care of them. Those are some pretty serious storms in the lives of those kids. If you work in the van ministry, you understand that. So, just like God is not a respecter of people, the storm is not a respecter of people either. The storm will come in our lives. It's up to us to be ready. Chapter th- or verse 38 of Mark 4 says, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And I thought about this, and we say it all the time, but we say, has it occurred to you that nothing's ever occurred to God? When he gave this command for them to go into this ship, he knew the storm was coming. He knew the storm was going to hit. It didn't surprise him. So what did he do? He went down and slept. He fell asleep. During the storm, can I tell you tonight that God cares about our storm, but he knows it's coming? He knows what you're going to face in life before you face it. But then I looked at that verse some more, and it says, And they wake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And I can just see it. They go down to where he's sleeping, and I can, they know the storm's out there and they're thinking Jesus has no idea. They're not going to say, Lord, Lord, wake up. They're going to be Lord, Lord, Lord. And they're going to be all excited and trying to shake him up. And I thought about that question they ask The question that says, carest thou not that we perish? I'm not running the disciples down. I'm not trying to say anything bad tonight. But what a stupid question. You've just seen all the miracles that God did. And he puts you in the midst of a storm. And you ask him, "Carest thou not that I perish? Of course he cares about us. We don't even have to ask that question. The Lord cares about every aspect of our life. I think it was Pastor last week was talking about we need to have those times that we can look back at and see where God brought us from. I'm not proud of my past, but I can look back and I can say assuredly, God brought me through the storms. God brought me to salvation when I didn't know Him and I was battling the storm of life. But, in my, but they did do the right thing here. They went to the Lord. My question for you tonight is, do you go to the Lord when your storm comes? Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, it says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I would say that was pretty burdensome to be seeing that storm blowing against your ship and wondering, Lord, are we going to make it? What are we going to do? And the Lord tells us when we're overburdened like that, come unto me. It's an open invitation. It doesn't say come if you're serving in the church. It doesn't say come if you've been saved for five years. It just says come. He wants everybody to come. And why does he want us to come when we're in the storm? He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I wonder tonight, does everybody understand the concept of what that yoke was? That yoke was when, you, when you're farming, you hook two ox up, for example, and you have your alpha ox, if you will, that pulls and leads the way, and the Lord says, learn of me. Put my yoke upon you, for I am meek and lowly, if we're going through the storm and we cast our yoke upon the Lord, he's not going to yank us this way because that's the way he wants us to go. He says, I'm meek and lonely. He wants us to learn of him because his burden is light. And he wants everything. He, everything's not really always going to be easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we go through it with him. 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I'm so glad I have a God in heaven that cares for me. I'm so glad he cares about every aspect of my life and everything that I do. And all I have to do is cast my cares upon him. You know the Lord wants to talk to you through your storm. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to ride it out yourself. He wants you to be able to come to Him and say, Lord, I'm going through this. It's not that He doesn't know you're going through it, but He wants to know that you care about it as much as He does. Psalms 55 and verse 22. It says, cast your burden upon the Lord. And he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. When you cast your care upon the Lord, and you cast your burdens upon the Lord, it says he's going to keep you. And he will never suffer the righteous to be moved. That storm can't move you when you're anchored down in God. When you're anchored down in Christ, that storm can do nothing to move you. In verse 39, verse 39, Mark 4, it says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Jesus is the only answer to the storm. In John 14, 6, It says, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. His truth may be that he's not going to make the storm, take the storm away. However, his answer is always peace, and he will help you to find the peace in that storm. Isaiah 54.10 For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed but my kindness shall not depart from thee neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed saith the Lord that hath mercy on you. His mercy is always upon us And his peace can be found in the storm. In John 16, 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It says right here, it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. So I don't care how hard your storm is tonight. Christ has told you, you can find peace in him. And I'm not trying to make light of storms. I'm trying to praise my Savior and lift my Savior up and tell you that he's bigger than the storm. And he's already overcame the world. And he already overcame the storm that was put before him. If you look at the life of Christ, we can easily see that it wasn't an easy life. It was a life of a storm. But I think He lived it to show us that we can overcome. And through Him, we can overcome those obstacles and be more than conquerors. We can conquer our storm. In Psalms 119, 165, this is the answer to having that peace. It says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You see, the problem is, I think a lot of the time, our storm takes us out of the Word of God. A lot of the time, our storm becomes bigger than we are, and it starts controlling our life. And the thing that we normally would do, we don't do anymore. We put the Bible down where actually what we should be doing is we should be falling even deeper in love with the Word of God. God's already promised we would have great peace through our tribulation, through our struggles, if we would love the Word of God. And I don't don't want to raise a hand or anything, but I want us to all think about how much we love the Word of God this week. How much time did we spend with it? You know, when you love somebody, you want to spend as much time with them as you can. When you love somebody, that's all you think about. I got a wife in Iowa who's hopefully watching this. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm sure she is. But I love that girl. I've been without her for four days. And as many of you can attest, when you've been separated, you just want to be back. You want that fellowship back. But I wonder tonight, How does that affect in your Bible life? If you go a couple days without reading it, are you miserable? Do you feel all alone? Or do you feel okay not to spend any time in the Bible? I can guarantee you, if that's the case, if you're okay to go days on end without spending time in God's Word, then you're not going to have peace in your storm. But if 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 you fall in love with the Bible and you can't live without the Bible then you'll have peace. So when his peace doesn't remove the storm, his peace will always get you through the storm. I want to read the words to this song, and then I'll be done. As I kneel in the darkness in the middle of the night, I'm praying for assurance everything's going to be all right. Lord, I see another battle out in front of me. I'm afraid I won't be able and I'll go down in defeat. And he said, do you remember where I brought you from? Just take a look behind you and see how far you've come. And every time you asked me, didn't I deliver you? So why would you be thinking that I wouldn't see you through? Didn't I walk on the water and I calm the raging sea? I, speak to the, I spoke to the wind, and it hushed, and I gave you peace. Then I run to your rescue. Then I hear you when you called. I walked right beside you just so you wouldn't fall. Then I leave all of heaven just to die for your sin. I searched until I found you, and I do it all again. Now she's talking to her father in a house that was once a home. She said, my bills are coming due, Lord, and six days is not that long. She hears a voice so still and low. It says, I've moved like that before. I'll do this little thing, child, and I'll give you so much more. I just want to read that chorus one more time. It says, didn't I walk on the water? and I calmed the raging sea. I spoke to the wind, and it hushed, and I gave you peace. Didn't I run to your rescue? Didn't I hear you when you called? I walked right beside you, just so you wouldn't fall. Then I leave all of heaven, just to die for your sin? I searched until I found you, and I do it all again. I'm so thankful that he calmed the raging sea of our past storms. We're not just going to have one storm as a Christian that we got to get through. There's going to be multiple storms. There's going to be storms all the time that we have to get through. But I just pray that as you're trying to get through your storm, that the story of how he calmed the sea and how he calmed that storm that night would be brought back to your remembrance and that you would realize he's calmed storms before and he wants to calm the storm of your life let's pray